You're listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast, a show where introverts share their success and failure stories and discuss how they thrive in the digital age. I'm your host, Godwin Chan. Let's begin. Episode 19 of the Digital Introverts Podcast features Jeremy Largo Afonso. He has served as the Vice President of Student Affairs for Ignite Student Union at Humber College's North Campus in Toronto, Ontario. He has actively taken on initiatives to benefit students through career development, academic advocacy with Humber College leadership, and helped provide financial and mental health relief through Ignite. As a motivated leader, he has become a community engagement enthusiast through LinkedIn as a youth editor and senior learning champion for students in Toronto. Jeremy currently runs networking and speaking engagement events for students and industry professionals and through LinkedIn Local as an event host. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to the Digital Introverts Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, actually. Um, I call all all my guests very specials, but we have Jeremy Largo (laughs) here. From Mississauga, city right next to Toronto. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, Godwin, for having me here. And um, it's it's uh, it's good to be on. You know, uh, re- refreshing to ha- have a conversation with uh, somebody else who shares the same passions as I do, and uh, who uh, loves Mississauga just as much as I do as well. <laughs> we both live here. Were you born and raised in Saga? <laughs> um, no, I was not actually. Uh, so I was born and raised in Toronto, and then I moved to Mississauga later on, and uh, right. I've been living here for uh, since about two thousand and one. Oh, okay, okay. 2001. Okay, that's, that's a long time, actually. That's relatively speaking, but still quite a yeah, while. Almost, almost 20 years. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I was born and raised in Saga. Like, I was, uh, I was born in Credit Valley Hospital, actually. So, so like, oh, I've been wow. here yeah. a while. <laughs> Just put it that way. I mean, save for, like, a three-year stint when I was, like, two to five years old in Hong Kong. But generally speaking, I've been here in Mississauga for a while now, too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice because uh, uh, I was born at uh, St. Uh, Joseph's Hospital in Toronto and the hospital oh, nice. I was born at, I can literally see it every time I'm driving into Toronto or driving out. So it's, it's nice. Uh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I pass my birth value pretty often as well. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's my birth hospital again. <laughs> no big. <laughs> no biggie. I don't know. I mean, the delivery you know, physicians are probably long gone right now, but like, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, um, all, all the healthcare workers right now, they're doing a phenomenal job uh, tackling this entire uh, pandemic. And uh, it, it, is, it is a big um, item to, to really focus on. And uh, kudos to them for, for being able to um, walk in and out of the hospital uh, like, like every day and uh, put up with that much uh, pressure uh, hanging over their heads. It, it really is. Yeah, a, shout um, out to all uh, our healthcare yeah. workers, all our yeah. essential workers as well. Great. So, you know, you know what, what we're here for? We're here to talk about digital introverts. So I really wanted to get your opinion on this notion of, of digital introverts. You know, what do you think is the role of an introvert in this day and age, the digital age? Um, I, I think that the introvert uh, word has, has taken a lot of fire in, in, a num- in the past number of years as, as something that somebody who's just reclusive. But um, I think that in a digital age, an introvert is able to do so much work on, on their own. They're, they're able to operate at like, um, like uh, on a solo capacity and able to uh, function in, in a very different, different kind of method. And, and I think it's powerful, the, the, uh, the fact that this entire pandemic has uh, taken on us. And especially in this day and age, like you say, you know, for the, for the definition, uh, introverts um, are able to function uh, almost maybe let's say even arguably at a higher capacity than um, the regular people because they've been doing this for a regular basis uh, just being at home doing their regular daily activities and uh, and getting work done 
And now that uh, all work has uh, pretty much uh, become very different in the sense that it's either you wear a mask and gloves and, uh, you, and you're very uh, secluded from other people who you're at if your office has uh, uh, come back to um, working at the office. Um, and generally for people who are working from home, it's just normal day-to-day for them, uh, like working on a computer, let's say a normal programmer uh, who, who just um, carries on his regular day-to-day, like nothing has changed in the middle of the pandemic is uh, just going about his regular business. Um, I think that mission would have to be somebody who's able to function um, on their own, uh, able to, uh, able to, um, Kind of cohesively uh, get get work done in a uh, uh, like like online and um, and maintain their normal composure within within the uh, setting. Yeah, yeah, I know. I agree with all all that you said. Now, you know, were you describing kind of like your situation as well with that with all that you just said, or just in general? Like how how has been these uh, current past few months have been uh, for you like in terms of just lifestyle wise, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, mo- moving over from. Uh, the downtown office in Toronto to um, to working from home, uh, just getting out of bed uh, like every day and just uh, sauntering over to my computer, sitting down and just uh, and just uh, putting on my headset and uh, and getting to work, uh, do, doing regular um, calls, meetings, and uh, ex- and executing on projects. Uh, it's it's been it's been a little bit of a shift, uh, especially for me because um, uh, I would have to say that I'm more of an extroverted introvert. Like I I generally am able to function at extremely high social capacity when I'm outside. But then as soon as I get home, I'm kind of like reserved to my phone, Netflix, and, uh, and just generally, and just generally um, like listening to music, like maybe here and there. But uh, it's not so much uh, like social, like uh, when, when I get home as compared to when it's outside. So it's, it's uh, completely uh, two different worlds there. And um, I would have to say that uh, the impact has uh, made me uh, really uh, review and um, reflect on a lot of different aspects of how things have been going, especially working as well uh, from home. It, it's it's really become a lot different. It, like eight hours at a computer is very different when when you're not when you're not surrounded by a whole bunch of other people. It, it's it's an extremely different uh, kind of um, setting. I have to say for sure. Okay, different in the sense that you know you enjoy it more. Do you enjoy it less? Is it lonely? Mm-hmm. Like how, how is it? <laughs> I have to say, uh, I have to say it, it is, um, it is different in the aspect that um, it's not so much lonely as um, I can always reach out to somebody over Skype. <laughs> uh, give them wait, wait, hold on. You still use Skype? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Our, our company does use uh, Skype, Skype for business. Uh, so it, it is. Uh, it is oh really yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a quick reminder. Skype still exists, you know, despite. <laughs> It's funny because um, I've uh, I've tried to get my uh, my bosses onto Zoom for a while, and uh, and uh, the Zoom functionality for them is uh, has been a little bit different. So uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny just how much effort I've been uh, trying to put into there. But uh, but uh, some some uh, some businesses still still maintain that. You know, like uh, like every day we're using like high high functioning um, like applications like uh, Salesforce, and then um, and then doing a lot of uh, different uh, meetings and uh, projects uh, like like uh, communicating over um, Outlook as well. Uh, or even uh, Microsoft Teams, and then we have Zoom, <laughs> something that uh, can be easy or hard for for people depending on uh, depending on the um, kind of personality. That's, that's, that's so, interesting. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned a couple of things like you're all. It's pretty like enclosed within the Microsoft ecosystem. I mean, Skype is part of Microsoft, right? So yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's a Microsoft uh, ecosystem for sure. Um, that that we that we operate on, right? So that that is a, a big part of it, and uh, and. Throwing Zoom into the mix is uh, is probably not uh, one of the best things for everyone. Because again, like it, it, here's another thing that uh, a lot of people have had had to adjust with, you know, during our current situation is just people having to uh, really steep learning curve in terms of learning new technologies, new platforms, right? 
especially mm-hmm. for individuals who haven't uh, used video conferencing before, let alone Zoom. Huge adjustment for for people, whether you know whether their their occupation was more you know just in person, right, a lot of the time, or like all the time, right? For some people, Com- completely agreed. And um, and the learning curve has has changed a lot for people, um, especially for uh, for students who are just who are just um, starting there, who who were initially at the beginning of uh, these last few months of uh, starting online learning with classes as opposed to um, doing classroom learning and um, you, you can see a lot of the behaviors have, uh, have, have stayed the same in the sense that people who are generally quiet in class they just mute their mic and uh, they stay quiet they listen to professor unmute their mic when they have to uh, say something uh, and generally people who are very talkative um, they'll be distracted they'll be looking around um, they'll be focused on maybe the other couple games going on in their background <laughs> so it, yeah or, or chatting a messenger or whatever right yeah chatting a messenger absolutely uh, so so um, it's interesting to see how the more things change the more things stay the same and and, and I love that saying because it's, it's really applied to a lot of different aspects here right if you're if you're an introvert on a regular basis you go home you do your daily activities it's not very difficult for you to just simply get everything done on a regular day and just sleep and uh, uh, wash, rinse, and repeat uh, the exact next day. You know, it's uh, it's very interesting to see how people are adjusting to the new norm and um, and how uh, we may be potentially uh, like uh, taking everything um, online for for certain businesses in the next uh, six to twelve months. Yeah, and then, you know, that's a really intriguing but also very important discussion to have, right? And, and we t- touched upon two aspects in terms of both work and also future of education as well, right? So, you know, obviously we want to address um, each of these uh, separately, but also, uh, you know, let's start with work first. That's what you mentioned first. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. You know, in terms of, you know, everyone talks about this new norm or whatever. That we, no one knows what that looks like right now. Let's be, let's be very honest with ourselves. We don't even know what we're doing half the time with curbing the pandemic, right? So it's like we're literally making the policies on the spot. Mm-hmm. That's literally, we haven't encountered a similar situation such as this. Even we would argue the, the last great pandemic of uh, mm-hmm. 1918 is nothing because, you know, a century is a long time. And now circumstances are so much more different. We're so much more globalized, for example. And that's why, you know, COVID-19 was able to spread so much quicker. You know, um, it, it's, it's funny that people say that history repeats itself. And, uh, and it's funny that people also say that the more information we have doesn't necessarily mean it's all good information, right? It can also be like bad information that, that comes into play as well. And uh, the spread of misinformation is uh, generally something that caused uh, a, a lot of, a lot of uh, mass panic and has uh, caused... Uh, uh, yeah. Just a number, a number of different, um, like like a uh, wave twos to happen in multiple countries of, of uh, what's going on right now, and uh, you can see, like, um, uh, with our neighbors down south, how how things are going because of the spread of misinformation. But if you focus and you think logically, uh, a lot of different countries um, have already conquered this. They've already gotten rid of it, and they've been um, COVID-free for the last number of months because they were able to put policies into effect far earlier on. And uh, I do have to say, um, board uh, for our government here in Toronto has uh, taken a lot of uh, uh, ne- negative energy in the last uh, in the last couple of years. But uh, for this pandemic, I have to say he's been doing fantastic. In, uh, in tackling a lot of different aspects. Yeah, very, very honest, 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 I can't speak English, honestly, <laughs> yeah, for all, all intents and purposes, if you look at it very objectively, like Doug Ford and his uh, government has done a great job at, by all accounts in terms of mm-hmm. how, you know, best to balance the interests of everyone involved, right? Balancing the, the healthcare workers, the uh, long-term care work, home workers, uh, all the essential workers versus like just everyone else in terms of, you know, no one really likes to be cooped up inside 
during our few weeks of summer <laughs> that we have here in Canada, right? So, oh, great weather, things yeah, like that. Right? So, absolutely. I, I think it's important to note that, like, even though we've got a lot of people moving around right now inside Canada, um, we, we we may be much farther ahead of uh, of a couple of other countries in terms of in terms of how things are going. But it's important to know that there can still be a second wave if uh, if people don't uh, like uh, react accordingly um, to to um, how how uh, the news may come out in terms of uh, if there's a new a spread or a, a new kind of strain that come out. And uh, it's, it generally is an impact on how people perceive new information, right? It's the, uh, it's the fear tactic versus the tactic of thinking out things logically, right? Because um, it, it, it takes time to think, to, to process, to analyze um, what's going on, what we hear on a regular basis. And, uh, and this is a huge part of, uh, of how we uh, kind of uh, perceive information, right? And uh, it, it's, it's good that we are able to take it properly from certain sources. And, and we just need to be able to understand that not every piece of information is uh, kind of as important as the next. Some, some things can be uh, kind of uh, uh, tossed away, but there are some things that we really do need to digest and uh, move forward with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that is one of the inherent dangers, actually, of the relative ease of access of information that we have now. Right? Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, just in terms of we, people talk about like, big data all the time. And it's like, oh, you know, all this big data. What's more important than actually the output of data is the, is, is the sorting of data and, and analyzing that data, right? And making sure to toss out all the false positives, false negatives, whatever the case may be. Take the case of news. News is so broken nowadays. I mean, it's, it's not even funny, right? Obviously, a lot of people uh, treat Twitter as their premier news source nowadays, which I would argue is probably the worst thing you can ever do. So there you go. It, yeah. You know, it's slightly worse than your local news source. I mean, um, you you choose. Uh, like at the end of the day, you're you're essentially taking on what source of um, not not like um, wrong information, but um, you are essentially the master of your own destiny when you choose what news channel or what web page to find your news on, because sometimes you're going to hear completely different stories about the exact same event that happened or the exact same incident. And um, you're going to be very um, kind of um, uh, confused on what take to, to look at it, right? And uh, that's why it's important to always make sure that you understand the full story rather than just, uh, just uh, small little crumbs of it each yeah. time. Context is very important. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely I mean, agree. You know, you take, and it really depends on even like, you know, as much as people don't want to admit it, there are political leanings on any type of uh, news source, for example, right? So mm-hmm. let's, let's take the Washington Post, for example. I mean, who owns the Washington Post? Jeff Bezos, right? So you know that they have, you know, probably have very, you know, tendency to voice the left and it's very capitalistic, whatever the case may be, right? Whereas if you take a source like Fox News, you know, this is a, a, a news source that really caters towards the right. Again, there's always these kinds of uh, uh, everything down the middle, right, uh, that can occur with any different uh, type of news source. So it's important to not only identify the bias that may be, you know, prevalent in these kinds of news sources. And I mean, uh, the other thing also is that I don't think there's truly objective reporting either, you know, presenting the facts as it is without passing any sort of judgment. That's generally what, what uh, sells when it comes to news, right? Um, if I turn on Fox and, and, I see, and I see something about um, Trump, but it turns out to be more of a, um, uh, more of a kind of like a take, taken back response, very, very lenient on um, a new policy that he might have placed. And if I go to CNN, I might see that it's more of a judgmental kind of um, aspect that they've thrown in there. And um, it's, it's more of a kind of a hard, harsher judgment that they, than they may have put than other news channels. But then I'll go to um, a more neutral kind of uh, news channel, like maybe uh, uh, like Russia, like Russia Today, or uh, generally Al Jazeera, which is which are both extremely neutral, uh, 
uh, perspectives uh, that come into play. Well, and, yeah, um, it's it, helpful it, because they're removed from the country of origin. Yeah, they're, right? When they're removed from the country, you're you're operating from an outside perspective, and, and I think that's fantastic that you're that you're not putting a random bias on every different situation, but you're you're looking at everything uh, like not not extremely objectively. You're, you're you're taking everything with a grain of salt, and you're looking at it from the whole picture. And I think that's extremely extremely important for for what goes on in, in today's day and age. Yeah, so that's why it's important to to sometimes read kind of other you know news sources that either you don't normally read or just news sources from outside of your country of origin, right? Just to see what other people think about what's the situation going inside you know where you live, right? Because you know if you're taking for example like CBC or you know the National Post or Global Mail mm-hmm. Canada, for example. I mean, these are all, you know, yes, they're all like Toronto-based or national-based news, you know, newspapers or, or just news organizations in general. But they may come at it, you know, from a Canadian perspective, which may or may not be biased as well, right? So it's, it's mm-hmm. important to, to, to look at it again. I, I, I really found it interesting how... Um... How, let's take Toronto Star for for example. How okay. how what they did to um, with with an article about uh, Drake and um, how he's reacted to things uh, during the pandemic, right? Okay. About how he uh, how he launched the Tusi Slide video during the pandemic, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and the, and Toronto Star um, journalist had attacked him by saying that um, he like what what has he really done for people during the pandemic? Uh, other than really making this video, which is a TikTok-based uh, um, item, and uh, yeah. they actually rescinded that uh, because um, he's done a lot for Toronto. He's he's done a huge amount with uh with for the music and uh, hip hop industry in Toronto. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. Drake in, in and of itself, I I've, I've heard analysis that he's brought at least five billion dollars worth of uh, a revenue of, of revenue for the city itself, right? Yeah. It's Based huge. And- yeah. Exactly, and, and it really comes down to um, that that perspective that that people are looking at, right? Like if you're if you're not really analyzing things from from all angles, and and you're just looking at uh, like one instance of just what's going on during the pandemic, you're not going to be able to see things uh, clearly. And 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 it's very important that people open their eyes to to this reality, right? Yeah, and the other thing also, I mean, you know, if while we're still on this kind of similar thread, right, is are those types of people who willingly go after others or attack others because they haven't made a public statement on Black Lives Matter, for example. Like who, I mean, like, for example, like, okay, not everything has to be said online, first of all, right? Second of all, you know, you know, do you really know whether, what side you're, you're on in that kind of mm-hmm. debate, right? I, I have to say, um, it, it is it is extremely, it is extremely, extremely um, very, very divisive uh, topic, uh, especially for, for people who, who generally don't, open their mouth online like literally digital introverts yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. digital introverts really have a hard time engaging this kind it's, of it's a very they're put right? they're put they're put between a rock and a hard place because if you if you really analyze it they don't post anything normally and it's very hard for them to reach right, out and, to somebody, and for yeah, alone, and, and for some people some people it's like i don't want to post anything related to politics at all right yeah and that, and then here comes along uh, BLM, and and it just changes everything up in terms of making sure that people reach out to their entire community, um, supporting um, uh, black community. And um, it's hard for for an introvert to kind of even put their put themselves out there for for anything, uh, let alone supporting like a like a global kind of movement, right? So um, I, I can definitely understand like the tension that that could be involved in in making a decision like that. Yeah, and that's why you know a lot of people just choose to not engage at all, right? It's like. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, just not back out of politics. I'm not going to talk about religion. These are all taboo topics. Blah blah, blah right? Mm-hmm. But religion definitely, definitely, uh, definitely a very taboo. But um, but politics uh, is something that is is I see a lot more engagement. Normalizing actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Politics is something that um, it's becoming normalized. It's it's, it's getting normal. Uh, I can't speak English either. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting normalized now because of the fact that it's almost become a running joke for many different topics within many, politics. Many different reasons too. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. of late, yes. Everyone knows the number one reason, but <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. it's it's extremely it's extremely important that we that everyone understands that politics is something uh, that's involved in every single aspect of our lives and not just an organizational matter right it, it's something that uh that we have to um like analyze as, as something that we do on a, on a regular daily basis because there are politics to everything it's politics in your mind choosing whether to have a banana or an apple in the morning you know it, it's you it's you fighting your uh, will so it, it really right, has to yeah. be yeah, yeah. It, it really has to be um how you how you analyze things as well like, no, like how, you, how you make exactly. decisions exactly but if you take that example on a deeper level say you know banana or an apple now you have to think for yourself you know in terms of Okay, where do I buy this banana and or apple from? What store and what values mm -hmm. do they represent? Right, in terms of like exactly your store, what do they represent? And, you know, and now brands nowadays have an increasing obligation, right, to have a stance, like have a political stance on just anything, right, in general. Now there's yeah, that absolutely that, that obligation. You know, obviously a lot of brands have spoken up in favor of BLM things like that, but we haven't seen that you know to this kind of extent before you know and uh, you know until now and then you know carrying even further that example where did the grocery store source these bananas and apples from right are these mm -hmm. a product of sustainable and ethical labor right what countries exactly. are these are from and so like again politics is just inter interwoven within everything it, it, yeah it, it's uh, for absolutely sure um it's uh it, it's one of those questions it's like why do we get some items for extremely cheap but nobody questions it and then they find out that there may be slave labor involved, and and then it becomes a it becomes an ethical question of do I want to continue buying this or do I want to pay four dollars more for a, the a, other a alternative? A premium, right? Yeah, on it because yeah. we're so addicted to to cheap items, relatively cheap items that we yeah and forget the human element of exploitation at its at its very core. Yep, consumerism is great. <laughs> it's great and terrible at the same time, right? That's why, that's why, this is why wealth inequality exists, right, unfortunately. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, that's an extremely big uh, issue that, that happens. And, and, it's one, and it's one of the things that BLM has been fighting for as well, right? I, uh, I, I have to say, um, I, I did know that there was a lot of inequality in, in the U.S., but um, what I was very shocked about was um, the uh, kind of, I, I wouldn't say discovery, but more of kind of um, being open. Uh, being having my eyes open to um, the circles in the U.S. of how uh, of how they circle out black communities and um, and uh, the wealth disparity is is huge in certain areas of how they're not allowed to get bank uh, bank approval on loans, uh, mortgage approval, and uh, it's it's uh, it's huge for for many different areas of the U.S. and I didn't realize that it was uh, like a very racial racially uh, charged decision that happened um, over a hundred years ago uh, to kind of impact uh, how things um, happen today. But um, it's it's uh, very very um, uh, disheartening to know, and uh, I, I really agree with the BLM movement for uh, trying to move forward and um, and banishing all of that. Well, yeah, for sure, and you know, it's a whole, it's a it's a very systemic problem. Mm -hmm. it, it's interwoven within just centuries and centuries of oppression and just in general, just inequality in general, right? You look at a little thing that they call the Constitution of the U.S., right? Say that all men are equal under God or whatever. But if you really think about it, you know what they're really saying is that some people are more equal than others, right? And and single out men, you know, in that type of language, 
oh, you know, you mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of excluded about 50% of the human race, right? So you have to really think about that in terms of this has always been an issue ever since the first slaves came to North America, right? So, and it's Absolutely. still an ongoing issue. Like, it, it's really difficult and long and tiring uh, work to undo just 400 years of systemic oppression, basically. And uh, I, I can almost say that uh, that the, the same ideology about about generally like oppression uh, comes to how people look at the exact definition of introverts. You know, for for a very long time of how uh, of how people used to see like introverts as people who are just reclusive, people who just like to um, they just like to stay at home. They they don't like to do anything. And um, it's it's actually just been one big lie. <laughs> introverts <laughs> are some of the most productive people um, ever. Uh, like generally, um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, effort that uh, that introverts generally put into um, their own personal uh, like well being and and helping out others as well. Um, they generally put in a lot of work when it comes to dealing with uh, projects, and uh, it's one of those things where uh, in you, if you're in a class, like I'll, I'll put this in an education uh, standpoint, um, if you're in a class and um, you're generally doing all the work in your group because it, it, you're finding it hard to um, to be a team player. It, it doesn't mean that you're not a team player. It means that sometimes uh, if you're put into literally once again a, a rock and a hard place with uh, team members who aren't easy to cooperate with, uh, sometimes it is a lost end, a, a dead end, and um, sometimes you do have to put in a, an extreme amount of work yourself. And that just means that you like to put in that effort and you want to get where you're going. And um, it doesn't have to be that you have to be extremely um, extroverted. Uh, work with everyone and get and get everything done. That's that's unfortunately just not how the world works. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, like um, it's it, it's it's nice uh, to to watch uh, like video ad campaigns um online of uh of like com- of companies showing like how they're they've got like multiple people working on projects. But uh, another another aspect is uh, that they should show is just like people who are grinding harder on their own uh, to like accomplish a project, and um, they know that they can work a lot faster if they do things uh, by themselves. So it's it's two different angles to see, right? Like it's good to be a team player, but uh, but being a lone wolf sometimes is necessary. Yeah, I think there's a definitely a healthy balance that's that's needed for just both introverts and extroverts in general to you know have that balance between different working styles and. Uh, just in, you know, in general, to be productive, I think you know the most ideal productivity happens when you engage in both sets of activities too. You know, having that group work and team meetings and uh, all that kind of good stuff, but also taking the time to think, to reflect, to do some independent work. You, you never know. Like the greatest ideas I've had, for example, have come from both places, even just from discussions with other people, but also just thinking by myself. So absolutely, and uh, every different workplace that I've been into, whether it's a uh, large office setting or generally like a, maybe like a smaller office uh, where, um, where the desks are uh, separated a little bit more. It's, it's more of an open office uh, kind of concept as, com- as uh, compared to maybe like a um, cubicle or like um, separate, like separated um, entities blocked off. Um, I have to say that the workflow of how people react to uh, being engaged with is is very different. Some some people some people uh, act like it's it's very taboo to like talk to somebody. Like for for me personally, if I if I want to go talk to somebody, um, I used to like in in the work setting, I generally walk over to their desk. Um, like if I have something like uh, to discuss with them, uh, but the way they they look at me sometimes is just like Jeremy, like just use Slack. <laughs> I'm just there, like you know what I, I I could just generally uh, use Slack for this. So I like to ha- just have a conversation, but um sometimes I like to be a little bit more personable about it, you know. And uh, and it generally the the situation um asks for um for either or depending on the context, of course. Yeah. But uh, what what I really like though 
is being able to communicate with, with somebody one-on-one -on -one and, um, and just have the conversation over um, like a speech rather than um, having an extremely long text-based conversation that you don't know exactly what somebody uh, in the workplace might, uh, might be thinking if they're, uh, if they're not using emojis, if they're not using uh, any type of uh, like LOL or haha -ha, like, um, like in, their, in their regular uh, like talk, right? Like having a conversation with HR they might be extremely happy about the conversation, but the way that they're communicating might be, um, they, they, might, they might say, um, hey, can you come to my office? Or it's just like, please see me at my office. The two very different <laughs> ways of uh, coming across. So um, I, I think that, um, that having a just general, um, not, even if it's not face-to-face, -face, um, just being a speech interaction is extremely important sometimes to be a lot more personable. Yeah, so I agree with uh, kind of, you know, what you said about, you know, sending something through Slack or email or whatever, like through text instead of uh, putting it in person, right? Because for me, mm -hmm. like even actually nowadays, I actually vastly prefer phone calls to, uh, to sending like messages back and forth. Because if or someone has asked me to kind of explain the podcast making process or the podcast production process, like to them, like through Messenger, I'm like, I'm just like, hey, just give me a call, right? It's so easier. You do it in real time. You don't have that uh, time latency between messages. And it's so much easier to get, yeah. answer all the questions, right? For some people, they, they look at it as, you know what, it's being lazy if you don't want to like type it all out or create the formal process through, through words. But if you really think about it, it's not an aspect of, I don't want to put in the work to type all this out rather than just doing a phone call. It's I'm doing a phone call because the message will come across a lot different when I tell you things over the phone like over like like talking it out with you rather than just describing the process because now you'll understand things a bit more hearing it rather than seeing it on a page you know the, the I try to argue it's, 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 it's more effective actually because yeah. you can have Q&A in real time basically right exactly you don't have to you know wait for your question and answer your question and <laughs> get another question and then this whole email thread or text thread or Slack thread or whatever, it lasts like, you know, hundred messages and then it spans a week, right? Whereas you can save all that time by having a 15 minute phone call to save all that typing. Uh, making sure that you're, you're putting, you're putting everything in, in the right context is, is very important. Yeah. Uh, like if you're, if you're typing all of it out, like you, you should, you should be able to, to paint a picture at least for the other person, you know, like even if you're not uh, saying every, any, everything over words, but uh, generally like on a phone call, it's, it's just a lot easier to, uh, to have that conversation in, in real time. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And especially if you're working on a project or, you know, a business idea or whatever the case may be, it's just darn easier to do it in person or at the very least through video conferencing or, or, or through a call or whatever to just work things out just in person right or work things out in real time what i meant right just um you know through just working ideas out uh patching out any agreements disagreements things like that so more efficient in general absolutely i used to hate doing phone calls as the worst thing ever to me, but now, you know, I've, I've shifted my expectation in terms of like, I love doing phone calls, right? When they're scheduled, unsolicited phone calls are not it for me in terms of, you know, I don't know what to expect. And then, you know, 95% of the time they're spam calls anyways. Right. <laughs> and the other thing is a lot of those been going around. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's like, I don't want to have a random phone call when I'm trying to do something else or I'm trying to focus on something else. Right. So mm -hmm. I love scheduled phone calls. Don't like yeah, absolutely. And, and being able to focus, I, I would have to say, is, is an extremely um, amazing quality that I've had to develop over time. You know, like um, I, I've literally um, like uh, like tested myself before, like uh, like gone to like a doctor and then also um, looked online about ADHD. And uh, it really just comes down to 
uh, mental discipline. Uh, I'm, I'm now able to focus uh, and, and get a lot of different um, uh, activities done within uh, an hour or two of my day. And, uh, and being able to have that kind of discipline is extremely important. You know, being able to like, just sit down, get everything done, uh, not, not, uh, not answer calls, uh, texts or anything, and just get the work done. And if you need to communicate with somebody, um, you do it fast, you do it quick, and it's efficient. And, and I think that that's a very big, um, like introverted uh, quality. Just, to, just to come back there, like uh, that, that people are able to just focus, get, get everything that they need done in a day without having to do um, human interaction for a number of different uh, uh, aspects, right? Yeah, yeah. That that ability to focus is uh, is a is a pretty good trait for 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 most introverts, I believe. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, just to have again, it's just that type of time to have that deep focused work, right? And that is where. When you're when you're in that zone, right, of uh, just you know intense focus and concentration, you're in the zone, right. So you, mm-hmm. you don't let anything distract you. You don't even let a natural disaster distract you in some cases, right? Absolutely. You, you just got to plug in your headphones and, uh, and and just get to work. You know, like whether it be uh, extreme extremely hardcore rock music or just a um, nice classical uh, piano <laughs> that you're listening to. If you're able to get work done and uh, just carry on and soldier on, that's uh, very important too, right? <laughs> Hey, I mean, like some people are huge fans of white noise, right? So there you go. You know, uh, it's interesting you say that because uh, one of my friends before, um, he told me that he had trouble uh, sleeping and uh, I showed him this one app that uh, plays um, like a, it, it's like fake uh, like um, thunderstorms in the back and, uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you can literally fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just just uh, ambient, ambient uh, noise in the background. You know, ambient like, noise. Like my, my, my favorite ambient noise actually is rain. I think that's it's really soothing. It, it, it's great. It's great. It's it's a natural thing, right? Yeah, humans have interacted with those sensory noises forever, but now <laughs> we have access to them twenty four seven on our phones, right? So yeah, I've, absolutely. You know, in terms of like sleep, you know, which is really uh, fascinating topic that you brought up. I can I can I can sleep pretty easily in any condition. Actually, I can sleep with the lights on. I can sleep on a hard surface. I can sleep like anywhere. I'm not that uh, I guess sensitive, highly sensitive to that type of thing, but. You know, I can sleep with music on. I can sleep with music off. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. I'm very flexible that way. Uh, so. I, I found now that uh, I am a lot more productive with with a solid minimum seven hours of sleep, and and that's why before I used to be like staying up watching Netflix in between work, coming home, uh, like getting any uh, extra extra uh, like uh, tasks done, and then uh, hitting the hay. But generally, I found that seven hours for me, uh, like for for my own uh, like. Uh, uh, kind of like a mindset for my own uh, body type is extremely important that I get that. Some people are able to operate on four or five hours of sleep, which is extremely, extremely commendable and um, probably not the healthiest thing. But um, if, if it's, uh, it, if it's it actually possible, depends on the person. Uh, one of my friends um, who works at one of the larger firms uh, downtown, he told me that he operates on three, four hours of sleep. And he's doing extremely high uh, profile uh, projects um, like that have to do with ex- extreme, extremely big clients. And I said, isn't it? isn't it uh, extremely important for you to want to get more sleep so that you're able to focus your energy? And he said, well, it reminds me of my days in, in university, uh, like, like doing engineering and having to stay up all the time. And he's like, he's like, I enjoy it. He's like, I enjoy the tension. I, enjoy, I welcome the challenge. And, uh, and, and, and I like working in that kind of capacity. And uh, that's just literally how it is for some people, you know, like living on the edge. <laughs> uh, yeah, I beg to differ. For me, I'm more I'm more in the middle. I'm like five to six hours yeah. per evening. For me, what's what's most important is for me to wake up early in the morning. Actually, so early in the morning for me is like five. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a habit that I looped back around from since my childhood because you know I used to I used to sleep pretty early uh, in my childhood, like nine, ten 
Yeah. And then some, and then university like screws you up, right? You screws up your sleep schedule. So yeah. Like, university like, oh, literally. So, like, forget about that. That was just a yeah. huge wrong experiment, right? But then, you know, as I as I transitioned out of school, now I'm more, more you know, back into the, uh, you know, sleeping a little earlier, waking up earlier as well. I think that for me, just having that peace and calm just early morning uh, for me yeah, absolutely. focus on myself is, is pretty mm-hmm. important. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be doing like work in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. Be like, I have to say I that everything read, I can read, I can meditate, whatever the case may be. Meditation is extremely important. Absolutely. Um, I have to say though, like go, everything going on uh, with the pandemic has re- really uh, like changed the entire mindset of how much sleep does one really need, you know, because the odd hours that people um, I see online are, are keeping now compared to the amount of work that they're getting done is uh, is extremely interesting. Before um, it used to be, um, you have to get in, uh, you, have, you have to make sure that uh, for for me myself, um, it's get it, it used to be get up at five a.m. get get on the uh, get on the train and uh, oh, and get downtown. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the community, you know, and, and now it's literally roll out of bed and get into your chair and open up your laptop. <laughs> and that's so, it. Um, you know, your commute time is literally zero. My, my commute <laughs> my commute time changed from two hours to ten seconds. <laughs> right yeah literally that's it yeah so it really it really has um, affected everyone um extremely differently but uh but the i wouldn't say that the mindset um has definitely has definitely uh, probably shifted to a more positive note for for many people uh within the pandemic giving them a lot more kind of like personal space and giving them the ability to uh to work on their personal items you know and, and i have to say that that has been a very important aspect there being able to work on yourself rather than uh rather than uh, just uh d- doing your regular um eight or nine to five every single day in and out um and uh and on your own projects it, it's it's very it, it's very much um as it is kind of like a blessing and a curse in disguise um, when, when you look at uh, everything going on yeah i i, I are, uh, actually argue that this is the best time for you to level up in terms of you can pick up an extra hobby you can pick up an extra skill you know for your career mm-hmm. uh you can start anything new like i started this podcast during the pandemic for goodness sakes right so you can you can you know try uh getting another way or starting a new income stream online right uh, there's so many different possibilities and and, and options out there now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've taken I've taken all this time uh, to literally uh, uh, just focus on uh, doing doing courses on LinkedIn Premium, uh, watching DIY YouTube videos on um, on cooking and and really learning. And uh, I really understand why people love Gordon Ramsay's videos now. <laughs> so it, it's it's oh, interesting. Now I've been watching for years. <laughs> I mean. To, to be fair, I, I just love some of the Kitchen Nightmare ones where, um, where it's more of a kind of a come up story. I love those videos. But, but now oh, watching all this, all, all, yeah, all, now kid. watching all of his videos and going to the kitchen um, and, uh, and doing things differently, you know, it's, it's like um, I watch one video and then all of a sudden I feel like an expert. Like I just even like just cooking like my eggs in the morning, like literally just putting them in the pan. It's just like pan on oil in and he's just extremely tactical with with, uh, with everything so it, it's it's great to kind of um play around with these new hobbies um put myself in into uh, positions where I, I feel a little bit um uncomfortable until uh, until i get the hang of it and I, I think that is something that uh that can be said for almost every walk of life you know it's, you're going to be uncomfortable like uh, for for even some introverts you're going to be uncomfortable reaching out and networking with people online like to um oh yeah find, it might be for some people yeah. it might be just a completely new environment right how do i even start where do i even start in terms of networking online right exactly and and uh, and what's going on for what what i do um through linkedin as a, a student learning uh, champion and uh, mentoring a, a lot of different students and helping them 
uh, kind of onboard themselves into a, a lot of different um, career paths that they're finding is it's hard to network properly in the middle of a pandemic when everyone else is now reaching out for chats. And how do you distinguish yourself as, some, yeah, as someone else? How do you stand out, right? Just, how, do you, how do you stand out, like right? another college or university yeah. student, right? And, and it's important and it's important to use some of the same tactics that other people are doing, but it's also important to stand out by thinking like outside the box of exactly what they're focusing on. Are, is everyone just willy-nilly clicking that connect button and uh, trying to reach out? Or um, are you putting some thought into it, writing a personalized message, looking up uh, some similarities that you may have with somebody and trying to connect on, on, a, on a proper note rather than um, just... Uh, just sending them a connect and uh, hoping that uh, things work out. You know, it, it's I've made it, it the really of mass yeah. sending those uh, random <laughs> connects before. I've, I've actually been I've actually been temporarily banned from LinkedIn from doing that. Actually, like, from their bot detection like algorithm for like twenty four hours or something. It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> My Don't God, make that mistake, that please. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that, people. <laughs> uh, but it, it really is important to uh, to focus on uh, what you're looking for and um, and make sure that you have an actual objective rather than rather than just re reaching out and throwing your um, shot out out to every single person just make sure that you have an actual goal set up in mind uh, even even if it's in your back of your mind make sure it's always active at least yeah in terms of like what what as with anything you think about networking well you have to really be cognizant of what is the really the end goal here right is it to uh, get to know this person better? Is it because they have, they're have they a hiring manager for a role that you want to get into? Are they an employee of a company that you want to get into? Whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. Or that you want to learn entrepreneurship yeah. from them? Whatever. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Referrals are, are extremely important, but even if you don't have a referral, it doesn't mean that you can't network your way into a referral. It just means that you have to do it in a very, very uh, smart manner. The entire idea of uh, career development uh, comes down to the aspect that you have to treat it as a sophisticated game, and that's and that's something that most people uh, that's something that most people um, are like kind of uh, allude that fact. Uh, they they think that it's a it's a very systemized uh, approach to uh, to looking at um, uh, job search and how everything yeah, going yeah, on people, with the pandemic. People have like hundreds of hundreds of rows in a, an Excel sheet, right? In terms of like what jobs to apply, blah blah blah, right? But it's more it's more like an art than a science. It, it really it really is an art. Uh, re reaching out to people, having normal conversations. You you never know how how the conversation can go once you start with somebody, right? You you don't know who they who they might have access to in their network. You don't know how the how things might go. I've uh, I've had interviews at at some amazing places um, just based off the fact that I may have had uh, one or two lines of conversation with somebody who I randomly connected with um, maybe like a few months back, and uh, all of a sudden now that I see that a um, potential job may be opening. I can reach out to them for a 10 to 15 minute conversation about, about what they do with their specific role and uh, what I could look forward to if I was to apply for that specific role itself. So um, it's, it's extremely important just to um, keep your mind open to any specific uh, type of opportunity that comes along. Mm, okay. And, and since you mentioned that, you know, what are some kind of uh, past companies that I found success with in terms of like, getting an interview or, or getting acceptance? Getting, uh, getting acceptance, um, just generally uh, like the company um, that I work for right now, Global University Systems. Um, so they focus a lot on, uh, on private career colleges and universities. Uh, but basically, like I've had, uh, I've had interviews with uh, top firms like, um, like Salesforce and IBM. Getting the interviews um, just had to do with uh, proper network, like, uh, speak, like speaking with them and uh, just generally having a good idea of what it is that they're looking for in a, in a candidate and um, and making sure you're having you're having that conversation with somebody who's able to assist you with getting the right information or required to move on to the next steps because uh, the questions that they're going to ask you 
for some of these larger companies um, can vary depending on depending on uh, what it is. And you can prepare for any different type of interview question, but what you need to get straight and something that's extremely important is your story. If you are not able to articulate your story properly, then you may not be able to sell the product or, uh, or provide the proper service to somebody that, th that is needed for that specific type of job role or description. So they want you to talk about your story in a very apt and uh, descriptive manner that uh, characterizes your, your embodiment, right? Like that, that talks about uh, who is Jeremy? Uh, who who is Godwin? Like like uh, like tell like tell me about like your story thus far and and uh, and how you came to be here in this chair being interviewed by these people. So it's very important to make sure that you put yourself out there and you talk about what distinguishes you from the other candidates who are going to walk in that door in the next twenty five to thirty minutes afterwards and uh, and talk about themselves too. So it's it's really um it's really a test of um of mind over matter and and how you, and how you're going to put yourself forward. Yeah, and I think it's it's super important to be crystal clear on your own sense of self, you know, self-awareness is key here, but also to mm -hmm. be very, even though you might, you know, think of the contrary, you, you also need to be very, very uh, crystal clear about your own personal vision, mission and, and things like that, <laughs> right? Just the purpose of you existing on earth, right? So why, why are you here? What are you here? But obviously these are very existential questions and, uh, you know, for a lot of people that, you know, they, they entire, entire lifetime passes and they still can't answer that question. So the earlier, earlier you figure out, you know, exactly why you're placed on this earth, the better, actually, to better storyteller you're going to be, better passion you have for your job or your, your own projects. And just overall, just clarity will help uh, tremendously. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. Looking into how, how you analyze, uh, like, like, a, like a job description versus the next person could, could really determine whether or not you get that job. If you look at it as a potential, as, as potential um, career opportunity rather than just the next year of your life and just saying, you know what, I think I, think I want to work here and just clicking the apply button rather than really looking at everything that's entailed and, um, and really having a passion for it are, are two different things, right? Really putting yourself in, into, that, into that position to, uh, to focus and, and think about what you want is a very important for determining your career path. Yeah, and that's something a lot of uh, recent grads or whoever, this is something that tends to get overlooked actually, right? Because a lot mm -hmm. of people either continue to get more school and get more into student debt, or they come out and they take the first offer, right? Or they take mm -hmm. that first entry-level position up again. I mean, I, I don't blame them because student loans are very expensive. And, you know, there's that need to, to stand on their own two feet, to, to make income, to, to pay the bills, right? Basically. Um, I, think, I think it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Like on that note, because I, I can relate a lot. Like even after um, like uh, coming out of university, uh, for me, it was just, do I want to start working uh, uh, like, like right away? Or, or uh, what do I want to do? Do I want to go back to school? Uh, focus on something and um I, I wasn't i wasn't too happy uh like uh like work like working for extremely long time um uh like in, in sales and and uh and i wanted to focus on um, on something else and that's why like i ended up uh, going back to school to discover something but um i, I went back and and, and uh, like I, I feel like i did it right you know like I, I involved myself with all the right communities i made sure that i was actively giving back while while i was doing things and uh and that's something that uh that employers really care about right uh making sure that you're able to give back as much as you're putting in, making sure that you determine your value output and you know exactly what value input there is as well. Like knowing your self-worth. Yeah, and being very comfortable with that as well. Comfortable you know, within yourself, but also sharing it with others, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Is, you know, this is who I am. This is who I stand for. I'm not afraid to, you know, to, to say, it, say it out loud. You know, take it or leave it, basically. And you'll know very quickly, you know, especially if you're, you're networking or you're uh, trying to build friendships, relationships, things like that. You'll know very quickly 
who, you know, the types of people who, you know, will be value adds in your life and people who will be value subtracts. And mm-hmm. obviously you want to avoid the latter as much as possible. But even if you have, you know, some of these in your life in, in terms of maybe they're, they're, you know, too dependent on you or they're taking advantage of you, you need to be very cognizant and, and, you know, don't, don't burn bridges right away or cut, you know, cut something off completely. But just recognize that, oh, this person may not be serving my needs at this point in time as well, right? So that be either maybe, you know, not a great fit, too early, too late, things like that. And then I think, you know, one big mistake that a lot of people can make is keeping people around for far too long. Exactly. Absolutely. I was going to, I was going to actually come to that. The The more people that you have in your network does not mean that it's, it's going to be, it's going to be the best thing ever. It, it's great to connect with everyone on LinkedIn because you may, you may reach, you may need to reach out to somebody um, uh, within a company for um, let's say either a sales call or like investor, a potential investor meeting, or just generally having a conversation in general. And that's something that we, that we uh, focus on uh, uh, like uh, through LinkedIn locally, you know, just helping people uh, network as much um uh, offline as they do online and uh, making sure to establish connection is very important but um having people there that just exist um uh to uh, to kind of um like like look over your content and um and make sure that everything's going like like they're able to give feedback that's important but if it's something like facebook rather than linkedin where you're just connected to people and you're not sure how things are going and um and you may want to just remove them cuz uh, you don't want to keep those people um like in your circle that that's a different type of decision right like sure. sometimes you you may want to keep your uh, like circle close like cuz uh, fa- facebook uh, doesn't determine how many friends you have you know it only determines how many connections you have same thing as linkedin and um it's important the word either friends or connections you know the the, yeah, the aspect friends, of connections the acquaintances it's it's different they're all different Exactly, because your real friend circle only comprises of between five to ten people, maybe maximum. But at your, at, at uh, any yeah. given time, and this and this at any given time, and this group is always in flux, right? Depending on your circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. Could be family, could be uh, family friends, could be uh, just just uh, really close people. Uh, but um, it it generally is only only five to ten people that you keep uh, within your circle. So that's very important to understand. Yeah, and, and it's really important. Like if if for example, if you have someone in that circle. Right, who you've known for for a long time, but who aren't any more relevant to your life, you know, in this current moment as it did have in the past. And this is very difficult for a lot of people, even myself included. Sometimes, right, it's difficult to let go, right? Sometimes of these people who've been in your life for a while, but don't, but don't serve a purpose anymore. You know, sometimes it's just it's just better to just let them go and let them be. They have their own lives to live. Have their own new connections to make, right? And it's, it's just better for both parties. Yeah. It, it's interesting because I, I read somewhere before that um, that sometimes the longer you keep people around, that you may feel they're bringing you down. They may somewhat feel the same, but both of you, due to bad communication, both of you may just not say anything to each other because of the, because you may think you're harming one another. But in reality, you're doing more harm by just not communicating at all. And uh, and the cycle repeats, you know, and and it's part of how miscommunication um, aligns itself with uh, poor uh, decision making nowadays, right? Like sometimes we keep people around, like you said, we keep people around longer than we should, and generally it, it becomes detrimental to our own path. So it it is it is aware, it, it is good to be aware of your surroundings at all times. Yeah, and that's why, especially for kind of uh, the the students who are listening to this uh, this episode, right? This is important as you step out into, I don't want to say the real world. That's, that's very cliche, but just adult, <laughs> adult world. life, right? right? Yeah. Away, away from the, the bubble wrap that is school, right? And you start to start networking with a whole bunch of people, right? And in mm-hmm. general, there's people from diverse backgrounds, diverse, you know, everything. 
right? And so mm-hmm. it's gonna be your network will expand so much, and it will be vastly different than just your peer groups at school. It was like, oh, we've taken a marketing class together, or we've taken chemistry class together, or whatever, right? The scale and the types of connections are way more different, and sometimes. Obviously, I've made a lot of mistakes uh, starting out with that uh, networking on LinkedIn in particular, right? I've made all of, all the mistakes you can ever think of. But you know, you start to learn how to communicate with other people in the business world, and once you do that, you start to forge amazing connections. Then there's no going back to you being a student and getting drunk or whatever, right? So, and, and it's important, like uh, like during your education, to focus on creating all of these different connections because you you never know where they might lead. Um, like it's important to start building up your network while you're while you're there. Uh, like um, in school and uh, and kind of uh, making sure that you have pathways that determined for you. You have multiple options determined for you, like later on, and you and you have that time to determine: should I be allying myself with this other person who who has um who has similar motives, and uh, we could potentially um like align like our our um values uh, to work on a project. You know, it, it's important to know uh, there in school what you want to do so that you can move forward. Because um, if you're in school and you're only there because your parents forced you to get something done. It's, 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 completely, yeah. it's completely up to you yep. whether or not you want to get that done, but you have to make sure that you're the master of your own destiny at the end of the day. And you're actually getting something you're, done or in the driver's seat. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're the one in the driver's seat, right? Um, you're the one who's making the decision and it's not your parents pushing you to get your education done, pile on all this debt rather than do nothing. You know, it, it's, it's either you want to work towards something or you can drop out and uh, and figure it out and put yourself in the right program. There's there's no need to push yourself in, into into a wrong path for no reason. There are many different paths out there nowadays, and uh, not everything has to do with school. You can do a lot of different online courses and figure out what's going on. And uh, right now during COVID is one of the best times to do all these courses, right? It's it's a very it's a very good oh, uh, yeah. way to look look at what's going on. LinkedIn um, has a free premium for a month. You can you can take a look at a lot of the different types of careers out there. There's many other uh, many other websites as well that offer um, free online learning. You know, like uh, you can learn a lot just based off YouTube. You could probably get a master's in some different types of industries hey, based I mean, off of YouTube. Hey, I mean, like YouTube for me, like has been the one of the greatest sources of continuing education I've ever stumbled across. Right? Absolutely. Completely agree. Yeah. Uh, you, you can, you can honestly um, uh, surf on YouTube for an hour and, and learn more uh, and learn more in that one hour than you probably did in about like five hours of uh, class lecture? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a lecture, right? Because you're focusing, you're, you're putting that time in and you're making that something you're passionate about. Yeah. And you're actively looking for that information you're interested in, right? Whereas Absolutely. If, you're, if you're going for a program and then you have to take a mandatory class that you don't have a lot of interest in, then it's like, okay, there's, there's that misalignment there. And you'll naturally not pay as much attention to that kind of material. That's kind of the transition into self-directed learning. That's, that's what I'm uh, going towards. So self-directed learning is going to be, and personalized learning in general, I think it's going to be a really interesting and very exciting prospect for the future of education, right? So that mm. students themselves can take back their and like like we already just mentioned, be in the driver's seat of their own education and their own learning, right? Free from the influences of society, what society dictates is a quote unquote good profession, or mm. what parents say is a good. Absolutely, profession. and uh, and and uh, back when I was at Humber and I was uh, working with the student union as a VP of uh, student affairs uh, for their North Campus and uh, and help and helping uh, work on uh, uh, student student advocacy um, initiatives uh, with a lot of the different type of a leadership there. It, it was it was a very good experience to see um, how they how they look at um, education as a whole when when uh, responding to a number of the different um, 
course is inputted into any in, into any um, program curriculum. But what is very important to note is that a lot of the processes take too long to implement when they see a mistake. Uh, making sure that you have to go through uh, government approval for a number of different um, uh, course changes. Oh, uh, right. Is, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bureaucracy, isn't it? It's it's bureaucratic to to a huge sense, and there's a lot of a uh, kind of let's say um, educational red tape involved on, on a number of different um, items, right? So it, it is it is hard to um, kind of uh, go through, and uh, and changes are never made when they need to happen. And uh, the next year priorities uh, uh, change. Um, there are different mandates happening, and um, it, it's hard to have things um, happen in the same in the same time frame that people need them. Uh, so how do you respond to these things? The the most generic response is generally we're gonna we're gonna put a plan into action, and uh, we're gonna put something temporary there to um, to help people out. Like let's say um, we're gonna put uh, some kind of um, online resource, or we're gonna put um, some kind of a new um, uh, kind of like um, element into um, each lecture, perhaps a, perhaps a different um, a different type of a teaching method. But generally, um, what can happen is that if people take advantage of all of the online resources, uh, I mean, of all these applications are available online today, and uh, putting yourself forward and uh, actually actively looking out for the information yourself rather than just relying on everything that comes out of education is extremely important. You know, like putting yourself out there and finding the information first before you have to before you have to learn it from somebody else's perspective is extremely important. You know, learning everything on the internet can be extremely rewarding. Yeah, that's right, and that's this harkens back to the self-directed learning aspect again, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so many times that, for example, a lot of, you know, a lot of students automatically assume that post-secondary is that's the only option for people to go to, to get a further mm-hmm. education, right? In general, when, when there's so many other different aspects. But what's more important, though, is that in life in general, continuous learning is the norm. You have to do it, right? In order to, I mean, everything changes at breakneck speed nowadays. If you don't keep up, you're already behind, right? So exactly, yeah. And 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 so that's the one thing you know about uh, just continuing education in general. You know, online, uh, you can learn so much now in these days. You don't necessarily have to have that fancy piece of paper and be thirty thousand dollars in debt, right? Or <laughs> whatever. Um, and at the same time, what's more important is that you have that agency to know what you want to learn, and then you execute. You go and learn it. Versus, you know, say you go into university and you're spoon fed that information right by other people mm-hmm. now is exactly. that is that valid sure i mean it's it's all like you know there, there's like syllabi and there's curricula whatever the case may be right it's fine it, you know it's generally good because it's set by professors and they usually know what they're doing right but then there's a huge but uh another great aspect of true learning is having the wherewithal to have critical thinking and that is very 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 i cannot mm-hmm. emphasize enough very important skill to have nowadays. Critical thinking encompasses not only, you know, in, in terms of understanding and engaging with the material we learn, but ask, also asking why are we learning these things in the first place and always questioning you know, the purpose, the motivations behind everything, being the greatest skeptic. Uh, of Absolutely. All. And, uh, and, and one of the cool things I see that uh, LinkedIn has done um, to help out a lot of different uh, colleges um, uh, here in Ontario is a uh, partner with a company called Ripen. And uh, what Ripen has actually done is they have actually implemented um, course projects into classrooms that revolve around different company projects that are actually going on. So students can, uh, can take the project 
uh, they can go with it. They can try to find unique solutions and then um, they can potentially get internships just based off the fact that they're completing these projects and putting themselves out there to solve realistic problems rather than a scenario that may just have uh, popped up uh, like as part of the curriculum, you know? And uh, it, it's important to, to put these uh, to put these real world um, anal analysis um, items into classrooms so that people understand like it's not just uh, some random case study that that we're going to throw in here. No, this is an active project that we're that we're going to work on. Yeah, that we're happens make in the sure. real world, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, uh, it's it's uh it's a part of uh like how capstone projects generally work, but um, making sure that's an active uh, project that a company that a company is probably trying to tackle right now is a uh, is a very um interesting um uh, and and unique uh, kind of concept to put out there. You know, like if a company is uh, struggling with uh like how how are we going to determine keeping this one revenue stream active during COVID and a student comes up with a fantastic answer for it, I think that's an automatic internship right there for being able to help a company uh like stay afloat with that. Yeah, not stream. not only internship but compensation too. We we can hope, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, um, I mean, like I mean, it, it depends, but I agree with the <laughs> I agree with the sentiment. I mean. All companies are very cash-strapped nowadays anyways, but I agree with the sentiment. Uh, every, every company nowadays, um, uh, gen generally, like if they're, if they're trying to make it to, uh, to a larger standpoint, they're not focused on, on just purely profit. They're, they're focused on being value-driven, uh, like adding, adding some, kind of a, some kind of a value statement uh, to their um, clients' uh, to their clients um, lives and making sure that they understand what the needs are and, and how they're able to uh, be there for it. You know, it, it's, uh, it's gotten to be a, a very professional aspect and, um, and uh, companies either survive or, um, or they um, wither off if they're, if they're not able to um, meet to that standard, right? And, and it's something that uh, generally uh, should be focused on uh, a lot for, uh, for education too. You know, uh, you, you got to focus on that, like critical thinking. Like you said, is an extreme aspect. Like if you're if you're not able to think on the spot and be able to provide a proper solution, then that that line of work may not be the best item for you. You know, like uh, maybe maybe there's other things that you're suited for. But um, but critical thinking it is always something that is extremely important. Always, always, you always question everything that you do because if you don't, you know, it may be just following what the crowd does right? and sometimes mm -hmm. that can be very dangerous in terms of like mm -hmm. you don't have any individuality you don't have your own thoughts your own opinions on certain things you know and if you're paired under say like, like a nefarious leader or whatever and you don't have the i don't want to say moral compass but rather just the the, the drive to say that oh this is wrong right i don't want to participate in this right mm -hmm. and so then you just become a sheep right yeah and, and generally um they they say um it's either you're a natural born leader or sometimes you do have to follow uh before you can lead before uh you're able to uh, put yourself out there as somebody who is able to uh, give up uh, proper information but in all aspects of life um we are students and we, we'll always be like students in, in that in that kind of a theoretical sense you know like we're always absorbing well, yeah every every human is a student uh, at some mm -hmm. uh, of some sort throughout life that's mm -hmm. you know and, and and that's extremely important to know and I know, you know, we, we talked about a very wide net or wide variety of different things today. And, and obviously, you know, we both have uh, an events background, an event planning kind of background. So love to, to close off by if you have any final thoughts about just, you know, our entire discussion today and how what you're thinking in terms of what do people really want and in terms of what do people need help with most now? What kind of mm. kind of uh, events or different avenues or ways that event planners or like people like me and you can can help mm. these types of populations now? You know, you know, event event planning um, is as much of an art as it is um, as it is kind of just like a like a it's, process. It's, it's, it, it's, it's art, yeah. <laughs> it is um, uh, like finding finding the right people 
for the right setting, making sure that you that you plan things out so that um, so that there is as little um, uh, amount of mistakes as possible, to, as preferably no mistakes. But but generally, um, what's very important about um, how I can relate event planning to everything else is that you have to be detail oriented. You have to worry about the small things because all the small things add up, right? So it's previous to our discussion before about making sure that you're focusing on. Um, on like a uh, bringing bringing all the um, smaller aspects into um, into account uh, in order to focus on the bigger pitch, you know, like crumb by crumb, you will eventually um, uh, figure out the whole pie, and uh, and you will eventually um, start to worry about um, uh, like how things look uh, from a holistic perspective, you know, like um, worrying about all of the all the small um, items is is generally how you distinguish yourself from all the people who are looking at things just from the uh, from the main page you know like you you got you got to look if you're looking on a web page for a company and trying to determine all their information whether it be for a client meeting whether it be for an interview that you're doing you have to make sure you're not looking at just their web page you have to make sure that you're looking for maybe like company news uh, what what have they recently done and then maybe you yeah. can comment on that in, in your actual um, discussion with them talk about like yeah. how interested you are and just show demonstrate that passion uh, in order to move forward and the same thing could be said for um, any different type of uh, student students out there right Making sure that not only um, are you doing um, uh, video learning, uh, like with uh, with online education, or just generally uh, looking at different company pages, you have to put yourself out there. Actively um, look at what this company has been doing over the last, let's say, uh, six to twelve months, and um, and how uh, it relates back to you, your passion, why you want to work with them, and how to generally move forward. So yeah. it's, it's very important from that aspect as well. I think, yeah, yeah. And, and especially now with the job market being so incredibly competitive in general and just, you know, having more, you know, university grads than ever before than come up off of the <laughs> production line, you know what I mean? So now it's, it's getting harder and harder for you to stand out. But if you take that initiative, right, of doing your research uh, in terms of what kinds of uh, companies you want to join, or you know you want to start the next big thing, or whatever the case may be. Having the initiative and having that creativity to stand out, I think, is really you know important now now more than ever before. Getting in front of KOLs, key opinion leaders, is also pretty important as well. Like of course you know don't be rude about it and, and email them like fifty times <laughs> within the span of a day, right? But rather be very tactful about it. Whether they yeah. maybe they're you know doing a webinar, then you can ask them a question there. Maybe absolutely. Um, I have I have made that. I have made that mistake before, and I have been ghosted by, by recruiters just by reaching out too much. Well, well I mean, I, I mean, at least you're at least you're ghosted and didn't get an angry email back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should hope I should hope that uh, that is not always the case. But generally, um, you, you want to make sure that you're treating them as a human being as much as they're as much as they're trying to um, uh, like treat you as a human being as well, right? It has to be a two way relationship. Always the 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 number one mistake I found that when uh, when people are are trying to network online especially in the first place is that they view it not as you know a two-way street kind of relationship building exercise but rather as a transaction right mm -hmm. so that's when you get into really big trouble in terms of hey you know you contact someone and you start pitching them with your product or service you yeah, yeah. send a linkedin connection uh, i want to pick your brain it's exactly, like you, yeah. when you think about it from the other person's perspective it's like why do i even care about your product or why do i i want to give up you know 30 minutes of my precious time to talk to some random person mm -hmm. who wants all the benefits of my knowledge, but there's nothing in return, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you have to be very 
value-driven, like we said before, and be able to contribute as much as the other person gives as well. Always a two-way street. Absolutely. And uh, and generally, um, how it will work is not not every single um, interview may, may may go the best for you. Some some uh, some job prospects may not be uh, in line with your with your specific personality, but you can't let that sway you. You you have to you have to just keep pushing forward. You have to just keep looking at like a what may be best for your personality for your passion and uh, move forward based on that. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a great place to wrap up. So this is a very awesome. extended conversation, but thank you again for, <laughs> for joining with me today and uh, putting up with uh, all our shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you for having me, Godwin. I really appreciate it. And, yeah, no uh, worries. Can, uh, no worries. Check, check um, yeah, yeah. Where, LinkedIn? Can people, yeah where can people find you? Oh, you can yeah. be found on LinkedIn? Okay. <laughs> yes. We've talked about this the whole time. Yes, you can find me on LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, yeah, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, always uh, connect. Um, I, I love uh, people who uh, who send personalized messages um, and uh, and uh, basically uh, reach out. Just uh, let me know uh, what they're looking for. If I'm able to help them, that's uh, extremely, extremely important. And uh, please make sure that uh, to anyone who you're reaching out to on LinkedIn, always make sure to uh, write a personalized message um, if, you're, if you're trying to reach out for a specific purpose. And uh, always make sure that, uh, that you are able to provide value if you're looking for it as well. Okay. Do you have any more free LinkedIn for you to give out? <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just kidding. <laughs> ah, thank you once again. We'll catch up soon. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-S-H-O-W and join the Digital Introverts Community Facebook group at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-G-R-O-U-P. You can also follow me on all social platforms at G-O-D-W-I-N-H-S-C-H-A-N. I appreciate everyone who listens to the show and let's change the world quietly.